Welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. So that's the first skill to practice is, is to really, truly listen. The second thing to practice is to maximise those non-verbal elements of communication. And as it's about, this is about embodying communication or embodied communication, it feels appropriate to, uh, to dwell on those elements, the elements that involve the body, perhaps. So the way you look, the way you listen, the way you move and react to what another person is telling you is 50, 55% is body language, 38, 38%-ish is tonality, and then 7% is, is the actual words themselves. So there's a huge percentage, the majority of communication to tap into here. You know, your facial expressions, gestures, eye contact, the, your posture, your tone of voice. I mean, developing and practicing the ability to understand and utilize these nonverbal uh, clues, signals, is massive when it comes to communicating with others. And it comes in, it, into its own when you're building rapport, building relationships from a good solid basis of rapport, so that then when challenging situations arise, you've got a solid base from which to, to build. So using open body language, like um, with your arms unfolded, your, your body open, your chest just raised up just by a couple of millimetres, maintaining eye contact, leaning forward to be more attentive. And, you know, using gestures to accentuate the words that you're saying as well. You know, if you're curious, you know, stroking your chin. If you're um, being supportive, um, using open hand gestures, and maybe if the other person is um, open to it, a little bit of, you know, touch can be a good thing to do. A gentle, you know, um, supportive hand on the on the on the on the arm or whatever but again just just check boundaries are okay for that but um yeah i mean using these uh non-verbal signals to make sure they match with your words can really encourage the listener it can really um 
feel congruent and create trust. And being able to adjust your tonality to, uh, to, to, the, to the situation. So yes, your tone, whether it's sharp or soft, your, your pace, the way that you're speaking, it can really make what you're saying live. And again, reading this is key as well. You know, being aware of individual differences and preferences, uh, mirroring perhaps, to make people feel more comfortable. All of these nonverbal uh, movements or, 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 or tonalities can, can really supercharge your communication. And it can really, um, yeah, bring that kind of congruence and that, and that trust. And by the way, you can use these nonverbal uh, skills uh, even when you can't see the other person. If someone's smiling, you can tell just by the sound. So maximize those non-verbal skills. That's number two. So number one was to be an engaged listener. Number two was to maximize those non-verbal skills. And number three, to be an, an embodied communicator is actually to assert yourself, to be assertive. Now, this is about being clear. This is about building yourself up, not at the detriment of others. This is not about aggression. This is about you being able to express your thoughts, your feelings, your intuitions, your wants, your needs, your desires, your urges in an open and honest way and in a way that respects other people. Like I say, it's not about being aggressive or obnoxious. It's about understanding the other person. Assert being assertive is about taking that understanding of somebody else and and building on that. It's important as a as a mindset thing to to know that you can be assertive. And again, that it's not being rude. So value your opinion, value your contribution to the conversation and value the contribution of others as well. So this is where being assertive can be a, um, a selfless act as well as a perhaps a slightly more selfish thing. But valuing yourself. You know, it takes practice sometimes. And you can do this by really understanding your needs, your desires, and, and learning to express them in a way that isn't at the exclusion or detriment of somebody else's. 
and even if you're feeling frustrated or emotional about something, that's okay. But you can express that in a way that's assertive. And in this scenario, you know, if you're angry about something, okay, we'll come on to managing state. But but if you can express it in a way that is honest and open and respectful, as opposed to in a way that's aggressive and obnoxious, then that's being assertive. That's valuing yourself. Assertion also is comes into how you give and receive feedback and being able to accept and give compliments in a in a with, with grace and also uh, to be open to receiving and giving feedback about how things could be done better. It's also imp really important as a leader if you want to embody communication to uh, learn when to and how to ask for help when you need it and be direct with that. You know, don't try to avoid tossing a problem out into the ether and hoping somebody picks up on it. You know, if there's a problem there and you need help, then just be real and learn to say no. You might want to say yes, but not now. But actually sometimes saying no really clearly enables you to look for alternative solutions so that everyone gets what they want, but not at your detriment. So being able to empathise with others in communication can help you to be assertive. And you know, being firm or clear about things is also a great assertive skill. And embodying assertion instead of aggression, again, there's a subtle difference there, but people will recognise and respect assertion. People will resist aggression. So if you can practice being assertive and see what kind of a response that you get, then that might give you a bit of a clue about where they are, but also it might be a bit of a clue for you about whether your assertive words are perhaps not being matched by some of those nonverbal elements like your tonality or your body language. So maybe practice when they say, you know, if you're going to use a new detergent, try it out on a discreet piece of, of clothing first. Maybe try it out on family and friends, first of all, if, especially if you're not overly assertive as a natural state. And try it on for size. But you have to practice being assertive if you really want to embody communication. And the final skill is managing your state. Now, if you are strung out or harassed or harangued or fried or stressed or feeling guilty or fearful, then any kind of state that doesn't serve you is going to flow into how you communicate with other people. And you can't really embody communication 
in a way that makes you a better leader, if you're already embodying stress or frustration or anger. So being able to manage your state, manage your emotions um, is really crucial. So how can you remain calm? Well, use the pause. Sometimes saying nothing is better than saying something that's going to get you into hot water. And a pause can also uh, lead to a period of silence, which means the other person might fill it with something that's helpful. And it also potentially can give an impression that if, you're, if you pause, that you are, um, you are managing your state rather than uh, rushing headlong into a, a, a new response. You can also, if you uh, need to practice pausing, uh, instead of um, crashing through a kind of a, um, a negative state-driven conversation, if you can't pause, maybe you can stall. And maybe you can stall by asking a question. So maybe you can ask for somebody to repeat the thing they just said or, or, or ask them to clarify what they just said just to give you that time just to center yourself once again. Also, in order to manage your state, there are things that you can do with how you deliver your, your, your views. And as we've said, how you say it can be important as what you say. So speak really clearly, calmly, with an even tone. Keep your body language open. If you're practicing the physical sense of managing your state, then that will flow through towards your mental state. Another way of managing your state is to make a point once. Repetition tends to kind of um, uh, reinforce the, whatever emotional state is, is present and kind of ramp it up potentially. So say it once and rather than repeat, maybe just give an example. So if you feel like you're not getting through, if you can avoid repetition, but you can just simply then use an example, then that can help you to manage your state. So other things you can do, there's this thing called a pattern interrupt. So if you feel like a conversation is getting out of hand and you might lose control of your emotions or be less able to manage your emotions, then a pattern interrupt can, can, can really help. Just say something weird, you know, just say something off the wall. Be distracted by something that's going on outside the window or outside the room and bring that into the conversation. And then take that moment then to sort of calm down. Keep an eye on your, um, your physical uh, 
presence, your physical being? Are you feeling yourself, you know, feeling tight, yourself tightening up? Are you starting to sweat? Are you forgetting to breathe? If so, I highly recommend avoiding forgetting to breathe. <laughs> Take a deep breath in. That also gives you a pause, which sometimes gives you a moment to just collect yourself and then reframe or reposition. So sometimes with communication, you're not going to get to consensus. Finding a way to bring a conversation to a conclusion that everyone's happy with. You know, you have to have rapport. And on rapport, you can build pretty much anything. But you might not get to consensus. So be willing to compromise. And if you enter a conversation looking for a win-win, recognizing that you might, you know, you might want to, or you might get the opportunity to give a bit to get a bit, can really open up your state. And you know, if you can find a middle ground, great. But if you learn through the conversation that the other person uh, has got a point that you hadn't considered, or maybe just cares much more about the situation than, than you do, then actually you being willing to compromise might, might be the answer, you know? It might be easier, in fact, for you to compromise than for the other person. And, you know, what's the outcome that we're trying to get to? Potentially giving a bit on this situation could be a down payment that gives you a better return on investment from the relationship in the long run. So, you know, going into a conversation with a willingness to find a win-win, with a willingness to compromise, can really help you to manage your state because you're not going in with a fixed view. And then the final thing really on managing your state that you can do is um, just take some time out. So if a pause doesn't work, uh, or if none of the above works, then just take some time out. Call a time out. Go for a walk. Time out in nature. Bit of fresh air. Breathe. Move. That can bring your state back into line and get you ready for another go at a conversation another time. So look, embodying communication is about understanding that naturally this happens sometimes. But when communication misfires, it's because it's not been fully embodied by you or by the other person or people involved. 
So in order to be a better communicator, if you can fully embody communication and practice being an engaged listener, maximizing your awareness and access to those nonverbal communication signals, both as a, as a receiver of them and as a giver of them. If you can assert yourself, that's not aggressive, not obnoxious, but with absolute clarity. And if you can manage your state, then you can be the kind of communicator that practices this stuff, that really invests, that takes that good intention, but has the flex to be able to move, is able to keep the outcome you're looking to create in mind and not allow the person who sat opposite you on the other side of the table or the other side of the room to become an object of focus that's getting in the way of achieving a certain goal. We're all connected to each other. Sometimes when you walk into a room, you can feel the energy. You know you've walked into a conversation that's been helpful or otherwise sometimes. You can feel the energy in the room change. And invariably, it might, it's not by what people are saying, it's how it's being said. You can feel the vibe. So it stands to reason when you're communicating with others, they can feel vibes from you. And to be a really great leader, embodying great connection, is a bit about, well, it's fundamentally about embodying great communication. And no one achieves anything on their own. Get me using really extreme languages, language there. No one achieves anything on their own. But 80% of what we achieve is achieved for other people. So if you can embody communication and role model that with others, then as a leader, you know, you're approaching this with the right intention, with good intention, given the gift of communication, having understood and potentially reframed to then really fully embody great communication by being a just a fantastic listener by recognizing that the vast majority of all communication is nonverbal so you're maximizing how you do that and doing that with intention you're able to assert yourself in a balanced and fair way in any situation. You're just being honest. And you're able to manage your state. Then tickets to success begin to flutter your way. 
and your ability to be a great leader who creates great leaders is hugely enhanced. So if you can reflect on these tips, these ideas, and think about, from your perspective, a example where you were communicating with, other, with, with somebody else and the communication didn't go very well. It could be a conversation, it could be a meeting, it could be a presentation. And think about how engaged were you as a listener in that scenario? Give yourself a score out of 10. Think about how you maximise the non-verbals in that scenario. Give yourself a score out of 10. Think about whether you asserted yourself with openness and honesty. Score out of 10. And think about how well you manage your state. Score out of 10. And if you can look at those scores, then ask yourself, okay, so what can I do next time I'm in a situation like that to improve those scores? And wherever you see the biggest opportunity to improve, set yourself a goal over the coming week to practice. So whenever you get the opportunity, it could be you need to practice being a better listener. It could be that you've got no awareness of your own body language in your interactions with others, so you're committing to observe how you move and your tonality. It could be that you need to decide to be more or less assertive. Well, there could be elements about how you manage your state that you need to work on. Just pick one thing, maybe two, if you're feeling frisky, and work on it over the coming week. be great to hear from you how you're getting on with this. Embodying communication, like I say, it's, a, it's an instinctive thing, but let's turn it from an instinctive thing to an intentional thing. And we better lose in the process. Okay, that's it for now. Next episode in the Calm series, we're going to actually physically and emotionally embody a helpful state. Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye. Bye.